0: What was he going to do? Beat I, you up. I actually think it is the Cork accent. I'm not going to lie. I like there's something about the Cork accent that makes it the most intimidating accent accent of the 32 counties in Ireland, I think. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7:30 on the OTB sports app.
1: OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs razor with exfoliating bar. Right, we're turning our attention to Formula One now, ahead of the Singapore Grand Prix this weekend. And to chat about it, I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by Jess McFadden of the Motorsport Network. Jess, good morning to you. How are you?
2: Good morning. Yeah, very good, guys. It's a little early for me usually, but I'm happy to be here.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. I'm I'm glad that we we managed to get you then. Uh, We were talking a little bit earlier on about this it could be over, that the race could actually be over for the title uh, this weekend. Is it a little bit early? Is there a little bit of disappointment about that? Or is this just like, we need to sit back and enjoy the fact that we have an absolute superstar in our hands?
2: I guess it depends if you are a Max Verstappen fan or not. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, we know ultimately he's going to be champion this year. It <laughs> is just a case of, of when, not if. Um, and mathematically, yes, he could do it this weekend. It kind of depends on... As it, as you would imagine, with when there's maths involved, it depends on where Charles Leclerc and, and Sergio Perez finish this weekend, or, or indeed if they finish at all. It is a it is a street track. It is twisty, windy, um, and we do tend to see quite a few uh, crashes and incidents, and people make mistakes around here. So, um, but equally, so could Max. So it is it is a bit up in the air uh, as to whether he can do it. I I have a feeling it, it pr- probably is going to go run a little bit longer but it is it is kind of just staving off the inevitable really um but that is that is it and and you're right it's been amazing to watch um max i guess (laughs) not to bring up last year but there is an asterisk next to his first championship this one there definitely isn't at all
1: um the Singapore Grand Prix offers a very specific challenge to the drivers Shane was talking earlier on about the weight loss that they get what, what what are the conditions actually going to be like for them this weekend it,
2: it looks pretty harsh uh, there's storms predicted all weekend um, which obviously shake things up ev- anyway but it is really hot and humid as well um, and yeah uh, weight loss is is a massive deal we, we've just done a, a piece on autosport as to why the Singapore Grand Prix is the toughest challenge for drivers and a lot of it is to do with the climate and um, but also the track the track is extremely demanding it's a bit like uh it's a bit Monaco-esque um a little bit more room for overtaking than Monaco but it is like full concentration full commitment but in you know up to 70 80 humidity so it's it's really hot sticky and if it's going to be wet um you know will we get running that is always the question because (laughs) when i last checked obviously you can see i'm not in singapore right now um but when i checked with people on the ground this morning especially there was almost like monsoon level rain so um it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one um so it's definitely one to look out for but yeah it's 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 one of my favourite races, and we've not been there since 2019. So it's the first time back since then. Uh, the drivers, you know, haven't really got a reference point. It, it was a while ago. Obviously, they'll be doing sim work and lots of prep. But yes, yeah, a proper challenge for the drivers.
0: I know a lot of people just kind of uh, talk about these pandering Formula One drivers who are well paid and, and, and you know, got a um, you know a nice lifestyle. It has to be said, but that heat, um, especially on a race day in Singapore, like when you consider the, the, the heat of the engine around them as well, and then the, even the, the, the night temperatures in Singapore, which are fairly uh, significant, like the, they're a couple of hours in the car, they've only a certain amount of access to water as well. So it's not an easy physical endurance test for them, for, the, for them specifically in Singapore.
2: No, this is, this is the one where you see them jump out the car and they are literally dripping in sweat. Um, and if you're wearing a white race suit, then it's almost see-through. Um, so it it really, really is challenging. And I think that's that's something that maybe holds Formula One back in terms of perception from audiences, is that we don't actually get to see, not like football or rugby or anything like that, where you actually see the physical prowess of the athletes. They're cocooned in a car, and you don't get to see quite how much they are physically having to fight through each lap, and they're doing it for a long time. Now, I am by no means a racing driver, but recently I went out to America and I learned how to drive a Formula Four car, which is, ah. <laughs> is, is a few levels down from a Formula One car. Um, but even, you know, I did three days of that, which probably at a time was a maximum of probably 20 laps ever at, at once. I was done. I was finished. You know, it was it was so like the the. Obviously, I don't train quite as well as they do, Um, but it was genuinely tiring. And to keep that level of focus and concentration across an entire Grand Prix weekend and especially during a Grand Prix when it is a street circuit like Singapore. It's 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 super physical and definitely not anybody could just jump in and do that. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where we don't really get to see it, but Singapore, you will get a sense of just how draining it is. And you mentioned water; a lot of them this year aren't carrying water bottles on the car. So, uh, and that's a, a partly to do with weight saving. For some drivers, it's a choice; they actually don't like drinking during a race, but when they're losing as much fluid as they are around Singapore, their hydration is going to be key. All
1: right, that's really interesting. The, um, <clears throat> we were talking about this a little bit earlier on. Shane is due to go around Mondello Park, which is uh, our, our fastest track in Ireland here today. And he's a little bit concerned about it. How fast did you get in, into an F4? What, what speed do you get up to?
2: We were, getting, we were over 100 miles an hour. Um, which I guess, like, again, compared to, and I don't know, m- maybe some people here are going, wow, well, we do that on the motorway <laughs> safely, I hope? But um, when you're in an open cockpit, single-seater, where the suspension is stiff as anything, you can feel every bump in the road. Um, you can feel the G-forces. Like, when I was going down the straights, I could, f- and full throttle, you could, by f- helmet, it was slightly lifting. You could feel the forces kind of moving you around. It definitely feels a lot faster than 100 miles an hour. So, um, yeah, it wasn't like super speed, but it was quick enough. Let's just say that it was quick enough.
0: <laughs> it's funny in, in your line of work, Jess, I guess it probably gives you more of an appreciation for the, for the Formula One drivers, if, if I'm right in saying that. Like when you when you get behind the wheel of any fast car, Formula Four included, like there has to be some element of fear, surely.
2: Yeah, there definitely was, especially when you looked at the bill if you crashed the car, that was enough to kind of put the fear of God in you. Um but yeah, no, 100%. I think a lot of people and especially like a lot of like people that make comment on drivers for a living like I do, you get criticism, well you're not a driver, how would you know? How can you possibly comment? So I love the fact that I got to go off and do that even if it is quite a few worlds removed from what these guys are doing out in Singapore you definitely do get a whole level of appreciation. And I genuinely think my key takeaway from my short (laughs) motorsport like driver career was the focus element, the ability to keep your brain needing to operate at that level, at that speed for that long. It was was really hard. By the end of the last day, we were really lucky. We got told, you're going to make mistakes in this session. It's your last session. You're tired, but you're pumped full of adrenaline, so you don't feel it. It was sloppy, to say the least. Like it, My last session was definitely the worst of, of all of the time I was spent in the car.
1: Which doesn't and make any thinking- sense. Like Logically, that doesn't make any sense. You're supposed to get better as you go along. You're going to get more experience. You get more used to it. Yeah. But, but actually, the, the physical toll that it takes on you is really interesting. I, I do wonder. So yeah. we've obviously, you know, we've been talking nonstop about how the Netflix series has managed to popularize the sport and bring in new fans. I do wonder if the next wave is actually going to be the good quality simulators that you get where you can sit in and experience those G-forces and actually begin to be overwhelmed by the experience of being in a car. Like, so, um, I, was, uh, I was in Mondello this week doing laps in the BMW and it was about as fast, maybe 130, 140 kilometers an hour and everybody's like, oh, yeah, what's the big deal? But actually, when you're on a track and it's in a straight line <laughs> and you mm-hmm. press the button and you're told there's somebody telling you what to do, that's how, uh, you know, they're holding your hands. But like, your head goes back yeah, you know, and it, it, it's not an experience that you G-40s, get when you're on the motorway as you slowly go from eighty to ninety, okay, whatever the speed limit is. <laughs> I could have stopped there, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and it, but it was the first time ever that I really understood that. Like, imagine doing this for ninety laps, mm. like yeah. breaking at the very last second, and then mm-hmm. and then your body goes forwards and you've got to roll with it. It's like totally unexpected. And I think yeah. like, that might I mean, be the, the next bit where you suck more fans in
2: i think i think so it's just it's so hard um some drivers talk about it because some drivers absolutely hate the sim because they you don't get um (laughs) what they they call like uh they call it feeling it through their butt like they can feel the car moving through the bottom of their body um and you don't get that in a sim like you can't feel the tarmac underneath you and you don't quite get that same sense and um, a lot of drivers are intuitive drivers, so obviously they know the, they know how to drive a car. They know the theory behind braking and uh, the levels of grip and stuff like that. But so much of it is is through feeling in the car, and you don't get that on Sims. You do, as you say, like they're getting so much more advanced with the ability to you know almost generate G force like uh, situations. But I don't think there will always be a level removed, as you said, like sitting in a car, even if it's a closed cockpit, you get such a different feeling um, and I guess there's always going to be the element of when you're in, when you're in it and it's real and you really could crash, that's a whole new level of yeah. fear and uh, and and feeling. so, yeah, I think I mean gaming has got so many people into motorsport. So I think you're right. I think it is definitely a next step, but there will always be that little gap.
0: It, it kind of makes me think as well about the braking zones. Like when you're when you're on a track for the first time and you're trying to work out where the braking zones are. Like I saw a great clip of, it's probably an older clip now of Lewis Hamilton talking about when he was a young uh, kid, his dad would take him out to tracks and, and his dad would stand on the corner watching the, the other drivers go first and he'd watch the fastest driver and say, okay, that's where the fastest driver has braked here. So you have to brake here a metre you know, beyond. And and the, obviously, no that, pressure. That, well, yeah, and, and Lewis said basically he would spin out and crash the first few times but eventually mm-hmm. got to the point where he was comfortable braking a metre later than even the fastest driver. So, and it's similar with, even with Singapore this weekend, Jess, it, like I noticed that like, mm-hmm. I think four of the drivers are, are in Singapore for the first ever time. Like yeah. uh, If I'm right in saying, Schumacher, Latifi, Sunoda, and uh, Zhao Guanyu as well. I've never raced mm-hmm. in Singapore. So, it must be quite a scary experience for for a driver coming to a track like Singapore, and your first time racing in it is is in Formula One.
2: Yeah, uh, but I guess these guys, this is what these guys gear up for. Pardon the pun, but they do. They are. This is what they. This is what they live for. And I think they know that Singapore is a really interesting driver track. So I think they're probably. I mean, the, the problem will be is whether they like race, racing in the wet or not. You'll you'll drive. Some drivers love it. Some drivers don't mind. Other drivers hate it and with the with the levels of water that we're talking about coupling all of that together is a massive challenge for a a a novice driver around the around the the course so yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see which of those those newbies to singapore will will do better um and will I, i mean i love it i love a wet race because i think you really do see that next level of Greatness in drivers—it separates the good from the great drivers, basically. When when you get to see them um, k- racing in the wet, especially around a track like Singapore.
0: As long as it's not as, as wet as Spa last year, but we won't we won't uh, talk right. about that. Let's <laughs> uh, move on from that one. Uh, like Singapore, Jess is 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 one of those places where so many of the races over over the years have been fairly historic. Like I'm thinking, was it the 2008 race where mm. Nelson Piquet was told to crash on purpose? to to essentially help, help Fernando Alonso to win the the title.
2: Yes, yes. It was the scene of crashgate. Um it's <laughs> yeah, we we it's kind of a sensitive one for people, but yeah, there was it was I think I heard you talking about cheating um earlier on, but that was this was out and out cheating and they were they were caught. So this was Renault um Renault wanted Fernando Alonso to win the race and so told Alonso's teammates who crash at a particular spot in the, around the track that meant that people couldn't come into the pit lane. Um, and so it basically shuffled Alonso up the order and he ended up at the front of the pack and went on to win the race. And it wasn't until the next season when, uh, Alonso's teammate Nelson Piquet Jr. was kind of kicked out of the team that he then ran to the FIA with uh, a testimony saying, we cheated that race. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it shook F1. It was, it was a really big scandal. Um, so uh, it, it took, it took a little bit of time for, for you know, Renault pulled out of Formula One after that, because uh, they lost their title sponsor as well. And it was all down to this one element of cheating. So it, it sent shockwaves through Formula One. So yeah, Singapore was, was host, host to that. Um, we also obviously had uh, the the famous, uh, I think it was 2017 when, The two Ferraris and Max Verstappen crashed. The the two, the leading three crashed out um, at the very first corner. Uh, So there's been so much drama around Singapore. It is it is a place for both great racing. We saw Lewis Hamilton's 2018 qualifying lap, which is still heralded as one of the greatest qualifying laps that we've ever seen in Formula One. So yeah, Singapore has a lot of excitement around it, a lot of drama. Um, and and hopefully, I'm just I genuinely am just hoping that it's not rained off because this this race, as I said, is one of my favourites.
1: Uh, two two last questions for me. One is about Seamus um, talking to us about the number of sprint races is going to be increased next season. I, I don't really understand exactly how they impact the position on the starting grid. What is it is it uniform across the season? How do they work?
2: No, so I I imagined that at this point we either decide if we were going to have sprint races as part of the full weekend lineup or or not but it turns out we're gonna we're gonna test out six next year so that means for those six race weekends their their format is slightly different so instead of qualifying on a saturday we have qualifying on a friday and that then sets the grid for the sprint and then the winner that the basically the order of finish for the sprint sets the grid order for the race so it does it does impact a, a race weekend and we've seen um the races that we have had sprints over the past two years um, we have seen them impact the, the, the results in terms of either drivers understand a bit better what they have to do in the race because they've had a kind of a racing simulation. We know then what the tyres, how they're going to act. So it, it informs, uh, strategy, race strategy. So it, they do impact, um, the full Grand Prix weekend. So I'm jury's still out for me. I haven't quite decided if I like them or not because they clearly do impact, as, a, as I was mentioning. They do impact the racing. They have brought drama, but people are still a little bit out as to whether or not it's the right thing to do and whether we should just stick to our usual Grand Prix, um, our usual Grand Prix format. So they're gonna the, the, the idea is that they're gonna bring it to races where overtaking is possible because the whole point, the element of it as well is to give fans more racing action across a weekend. Yeah. If you do that at a track where you don't get overtaking, then you're just kind of re-emphasising that there's no, <laughs> there's no overtaking around this track. So that's that's the idea anyway. So we're getting three more than we've had this year. This year we've, we're, we're having three. Okay. So next year we're having six. Yeah.
1: Okay, so it, it's coming slowly and uh, it seems like that's how change works. And so maybe uh, that preempts the answer to this question, which has come in on YouTube from Steve Lane. Would Formula 1 benefit from a US-style playoff system the way the final 10 races or so would be between the top 8 or 12, etc.? It's a similar experience in NASCAR for the drivers. And then he goes on to say the recent Texas race was 130 30 Fahrenheit in the car for the drivers. Big respect to the F1 guys for the endurance they're mm-hmm. about to go through. Um, I suspect if there's any reticence about introducing the sprint, the notion of taking the top eight or twelve and turning that into a playoff is a bit of a no-go for now.
2: I, I think it, we're. It's already a complex sport, right? It's it's already got so many different levels of. Well, yes, but um, I feel I find myself having to say that a lot if somebody asks me is this the rule and i have to go yeah but if this happens and that changes so i i i am i wouldn't i wouldn't quite go as far as say i'm a purist because i do think that the sport needs to evolve as time goes on um but i i'm i'm not in favor of anything quite like that i mean bernie eccleston when he was in charge came up with some Weird and wacky ideas to try and shake F1 up. Uh, most of them were put to one side, but I think I don't. I just don't. I, especially when we had uh, a season like last year, I feel like it would. Yeah. It, the whole point is that we want it to be as close as we had last year. Yeah.
1: No, fair Regardless
2: point. of regardless of out- outcome, but Jess, yeah, I think I'm saying no.
1: <laughs> Jess, great mm-hmm. stuff. Great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette.